podcast. I'm your host, Ray, and I'm here with my super awesome host, Resonance. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty awesome today, Ray. Awesome. I'm doing pretty awesome today, too. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. <laughs> so, today we're going to be talking about how to make wood ash lie. Um, and this will precede our saponification and soap making episode. Um, you don't have to do this in order to make soap, but we thought it might be interesting to, um, you know, show you how to make some potassium hydroxide. And typically when you buy, you're buying sodium hydroxide. Um, but I'm going to hand it over to Resonance and let her talk about some of the chemistry and she has made her own potassium hydroxide or wood ash lye. Um, so she'll be able to kind of guide us through the process. Yeah, I've made uh, wood ash lye a time or two. Um, and we don't technically use the wood leaching barrels, but we've uh, come up with our own little setup here that works just fine. So you might be wondering why would I ever want to make my own lye when I can buy it? And that was a question that I got asked a lot when I first started doing this is, and it's just like, if something were to ever happen and I weren't able to go buy like Drano, you can use, you can use Drano to make soap, but that's it. We'll talk about that later <laughs> next episode. Um, okay. But if I were ever not able to go to the store or go on Amazon and buy lye, I could make soap, I could make my own dish detergent, I could make my own laundry detergent. I, you know, like any of the things that you might need um, a good strong base for, you could use the potassium hydroxide and you have access to, well, if you have access to trees, you have access to the materials you need to make it um, like all around you. So it's not something that you would have to be dependent on someone else, dependent on the supply chains for. Um, so it's just one more step into gaining that self-sustaining and independent lifestyle that we're looking for here. Right, I think that goes exactly with what we're trying to do here is, you know, show people ways that they can just are learning these skills, you know, and know that there's these options, but, you know, that are available if, you know, the supply chains end up getting that bad or you aren't able to get it. That's exactly, you know, why we're doing these projects here. And they're fun. Right. And yeah. So. And it's like one of those things that, you know, you don't have to do this regularly. It doesn't have to be something that you do every couple months and make your own soap or whatever, but just knowing how to do it and like getting your foot in that door or like making the materials so that if you ever needed to, you'd have them and not have to, you know, rush around to figure that kind of thing out because it's, you know, it's soap is one of those things that you're going to need regardless mm -hmm. just to keep your things like clean and sanitary. <laughs> and with any like new project, you know, there's always that like barrier of anxiety just because it's something that you haven't done before. So like, why not work on these or at least try these things now, you know, and figure out if you need to do something differently next time. It's better to have that knowledge in the back of your brain when you need it than trying to scramble and figure it out under a lot of pressure you know right exactly and that's what like, it's one of the reasons why I did it here the first time well number one I wanted to see if I could and then the second was because like I just wanted to know like in the future if I ever need to do this I can yeah. I know I have that skill set right 
Um, so what we started doing here was uh, burning off some of the, the wood on the property when we were cleaning stuff up. Um, and we've got a whole big grove of Southern Magnolia in the front yard. So we like gathered up a whole bunch of that wood and um, burned it down and then saved the ashes until we had a decent five gallon bucket full. And then um, we took another five gallon bucket and drilled, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think maybe about a centimeter in diameter holes in the bottom of it um, and filled that with rocks and then put, I don't know, maybe some sand, some straw, some other substrate on top of it, and then filled the rest of the bucket up with lye, or not lye, sorry, <laughs> ashes. That's what we're hoping to get out of it is lye. Um, and then run rainwater through that. Um, so you'll want to make sure you have something underneath it to catch it. So we generally put our bucket in a bigger bucket and put a brick underneath it. So the water that runs through will run out. Um, and we're going to go over like why you do each of these things in a minute to get the best results. Um, but that's just generally where you start with it. So you, once you have, um, that you can either, you can run it through again, if you want, that's, that's called the leaching process where you're running the water through the ashes. And what it's doing is extracting all of the potassium salts that are in your wood. Um, because those aren't burned up uh, in the fire, right? Right, yeah. Typically, so we're, we're, we're gonna, we were gonna talk about this later, but we can get into it. Okay, now. oh, that's, um, okay. that's okay. No, the hard hardwoods are what you wanna use because softer woods um, burn at a higher temperature because they contain more resin. So when they burn at a higher temperature, what's happening is your potassium salts are evaporating into the air because they can okay. they can at that temperature. So you want to stay with woods that burn at like 900 degrees or so. Um, and typical hardwoods that you'd want to use, let's see, I've got a list here, birch, poplar, elm, chestnut, pine, spruce, willow, palm, maple, cedar, oak, and the southern magnolia. Awesome. Um, I got a couple of those I could use. Yeah. So the typically hardwood tree has more broad leaves and they're not needle shaped. And you know, you like you can tell this intuitively because you would get resin from like a pine tree, the right. sticky mm -hmm. sap stuff on there. That's yeah. going to make the wood burn at a hotter temperature. Um, and then generally hardwood trees yield nuts or fruits and they often fall dormant in the winter so they're not like the pine trees they're not gonna keep their leaves all year long <clears throat> let's see hardwood trees account for over 40 percent of the forests here in the united states and then there's also cherry wood that's a well-known um hardwood tree so that that might be something else that you have on your property um, so if you want, you can gather up a bunch of those and use you use it, use your fire however you need to. If you're just using it to clear land or, you know, you're using it to cook or you're using it to boil water for some other purpose, but save your ashes until you get a decent amount, like uh, enough to fill whatever you want to use for your leaching um, bucket. And it's important that you pick 
uh, either some kind of wood that's leak proof or um, we use HDPE plastic buckets here um, that's high, high density polyethylene. Okay. Um, but you can probably like go to, we could probably go to Walmart and get like one of their painters buckets or something like that and use that too. If you don't have like, you know, the old timers use their wooden barrels and stuff. Right. I mean, that would be just, cool if you have that, just drill, drill some holes in the bottom and use that as your leaching barrel. And I think that would be awesome, but you know, we yeah. don't have that here. So. Right. Probably expensive too. <laughs> right. Um, I've seen, I've seen some wood, uh, wooden planters, at the store that I was thinking would be awesome uh, for that yeah. purpose too. That, yeah, that probably works. You just don't want to use aluminum. Right. Yeah. It, the aluminum will react with your potassium hydroxide. So you wouldn't get any lye in your potassium hydroxide. There would be no lye in your lye water. Stop <laughs> <laughs> lying. <laughs> um so the water that you want to use is i use rainwater all the time here um you could also use distilled water uh you want to use water that doesn't have a whole lot of minerals in it that are going to interact instead of your potassium with uh, hydroxide in your water so your potassium salts are going to break down in the water and then the potassium will form hydroxides with the uh, oh groups from the water and if you add more minerals to that, you're going to um, add a, a lot of things that could also interact there. Okay. And you could pro possibly add more salts that you don't need or want in as well. So uh, rainwater or distilled water for that. Um, okay, so once you've poured your water in, once you've poured your water in and it's leached through, and you can do that a time or two more if you want. It's not necessary. Generally, the first time you run through, you get a pH of 11. You're looking for a pH of around 13. So you'll need to boil off some of your water, or you can just let it evaporate naturally on its own, like leave it outside and let it evaporate off, and then test your pH. Um, you can either use pH paper or you can get a pH meter. Um, I have a pH meter here, but there's also old fashioned methods for testing your pH. You can, uh, it, it's uh, boil an egg, or not boil an egg, float an egg. I think yeah, they said potato, egg. I read also a potato. Was it float a potato? Yeah, that's what it's, yeah, yeah, I read. Yeah, yeah and, then, and then we've got chickens here, so you can test it with a chicken feather, too. Take oh, one of yeah. their downy feathers and see if the, um, oh, man, I forgot what they're called, the outside bits. Not the middle vein of the feather, but the outside bits. I don't remember what they're called on the chicken feather. I don't um, know. But if it dissolves the those. The wispies. <laughs> yeah, the wispy bits. If it dissolves <laughs> the wispy bits of the chicken feather, then it's ready. Yeah, that was pretty interesting, too. I read that, yeah. Um, and then you can use it for whatever purpose you had intended to use your lie for uh, at that point. Or you can um, continue to evaporate it off until you get lie crystals, which is what I did here the last time. And that was super fun because then it's like, I mean, you know, using the pH that you got lie in there but you right. know for sure once you see those little salt crystals forming at the end um 
And I say salt, I don't mean like table salt, even though it's the structure right. similar to table salt. Don't eat it. Don't yeah. put it on your food, please. Don't put it on your food. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it'd be, it's more rewarding um, to have like that product. I feel like it's also be safer um, to handle or store, you know, than the liquid. Because it, you know, it's spilled, it'd be a lot more damaging than probably crystals right yeah it's going to interact with water so make sure that you know you put it in a container with the lid so it doesn't interact with the water from the atmosphere or whatever um, yeah. try to keep it dry you put desiccant then, packs in there huh, what you put des desiccant packs oh you could probably do that that would be fine I don't see why not let's see yeah, so um, when you're going to use your lye, make sure that you add lye um, to your water and not the other way around because the reaction that you're going to have is very exothermic. Um, you could get a small explosion. You could get water, lye water splashed on your skin. And this is cost a caustic chemical so it can cause burns. Um, you might want to wear gloves. You might want to consider wearing goggles or something to keep your eyes safe. Um, you might consider wearing an apron if you're concerned about your the clothing that you have on. It's not something that you want to just mess around with willy-nilly you got to keep in mind that this this chemical is like it's intending to break down the fats and if you're using it for soap it's intending to break down the fats in your soap it will break down the fats in your skin it will break down the fats and the oils on your skin um and if you do get it on your skin rinse with um an acidic solution like vinegar so keep a, a big jug of vinegar on hand when you're using it. That way, if you get some on you, you rinse with that first, then rinse with water um, because that will neutralize the base on your skin. I don't know if you guys saw Fight Club. Did you see Fight Club? Yeah, that's what I was thinking exactly. Yeah, when that part, yeah. Mm -hmm. When he burned, he puts a chemical burn on his hand and then pours vinegar on it. Yeah, that's, but they're using, I believe they're using um sodium hydroxide there to make their that's soap, the soap. Yeah. they make bar soap uh, that's another distinction and i don't know we can go ahead and throw it in here sodium hydroxide generally uh that lye would be used to make a bar soap and potassium hydroxide the one we're using here is going to be for making a liquid soap um your soap will never like fully harden unless you add a uh table salt to it or something like that to replace the potassium in the um in the lye so you you want to if you use it you're going to get a liquid soap if you're using it for soap making that's cool i think you want to try to do a bunch of uh, things like that you know try to do the hand soap and dishwasher soap and all that yeah and like the what dr bronner's or whatever those kind of shampoos and stuff can make a shampoo with it. I think uh, so they use like potassium hydroxide um, in glass blowing too, but I'm not sure the specific purpose of it. 
yeah. or making glass making sorry yeah. glass oh. making I know that they use certain chemicals as uh, like designed to like fleck little pieces in because of the way it looks, but I can't imagine this would be used for anything like that. Right. Hopefully they're not just like yeah. looking around uh, like these bases. It's for the art, man. <laughs> um, so, as I was reading, it said that you can also use it to unclog drains, and I thought this was pretty interesting. I guess it's used for curing olives. Have you heard that before? Used for what now? Curing olives. Oh, no, I haven't heard that. Yeah, like, in some, somewhere else I read, you know, that it's used in some food processing, you know, but the... Right. Know, like, Hearing olives was said that specifically, so that that was interesting. And I mean, that makes sense because, uh, you know, you can buy specific food grade lye for doing things yeah. like that. That's true, yeah. And a lot of the um, home soap makers prefer to use that, the food grade lye in their soaps, just because it's, you know, they feel like they're getting a better quality product. What makes it food grade? Um, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. Let's see if we can find out what makes live food grade. I'm sure if you're using potassium hydroxide, it's not leached the pioneer way. Um, they probably do the electrolysis with that. Let's see. It's just guaranteeing that it's not contaminated with anything unpleasant and doesn't have impurities. Okay, so maybe it's just pure. Yeah, so that it doesn't have any impurities. So they can probably test it and then make sure that there are another, there are no other like competing compounds in there, or minerals or whatever. So, um, how much did you, if you had to guess, did you have to burn to get the five-gallon bucket? Oh, Lord. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, <laughs> we burned, yeah. it was all winter that we burned to get a five-gallon bucket. And, you know, a lot of people will only use the white ashes, um, but I just throw everything in there. So I read that they were, like, uh, to just sift out the big chunks of charcoal yeah yeah but so, I, a lot of people will say to just use the the white ashes too but yeah it'll be hard to get to get anything after yeah. like you'll be just burning everything yeah so from that five gallon bucket how much um potassium hydroxide crystals did you get from it? I got about half a cup of crystals. Okay. And have you made a batch of soap yet? No. Oh my goodness. No. Okay. So <laughs> um, this is why we're doing saponification next because I need to get myself back into this. Yeah. But I did try to make a batch of soap with 
the Pioneer Lie, and it was it, this. This is part of the ridiculous peppermint saga. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I had made some. I had tried to extract some peppermint oil, um, and then I used that in my saponification. But I mixed it in with the initial fat instead of adding it after, and the peppermint. Uh the peppermint interfered with the saponification. Yeah, My, I never got soap. It all separated. And it was just a big, big, sad day for me. Because, <laughs> like, I had worked so hard to get all of these specific ingredients that I was going to use to make the soap. And then it, like, I didn't do enough research beforehand. And Yeah, and I think I maybe said before, like, it's, it's easy to get disheartened by, you know, when you spend a lot of time doing something and, you know, you mess something up and so you have to do it all over again. Like I've been having that issue with my ginger bud, but, um, but that's how you learn. You're not going to be good at any of this stuff right away. And then you know what you need to do differently, you know? Right. Yeah. And next time I'm just going to do like, I'm just going to use a bacon fat in my pioneer lie and go for it the old fashioned way and not try to get fancy with it and, and just get it done. And then after that, I can expand and figure it out from there. But the first, this first time that I do it, or well, I guess it'll be the second, but the second time that I do it, I'm not going to add the frills and the bells on the whistles. We're just going to go for the basic. Yeah, and actually that came up this last week, and it's something I've been thinking about for like a week or two, just, you know, doing this podcast and, you know, learning a bunch of new projects and everything. It's just, you know, whether you're learning for skills to hold on to, you know, for future need, or whether it's stuff that you use every day, or whether you're trying to turn it into a side hustle, you know, or a full business, um... But, like, doing these, a lot of times there's, like, you know, a really cheap way that you can achieve some of these. And doing it the very basic, like you said, just learning the basic skills you need before you try to improve, you know, on these recipes or whatever. You know, because you might find that maybe you don't like this project. I know that I have, you know, my lifetime had problems with starting all these new projects, but never actually sticking with any of them, you know. And kind of only more recently have been better about continuing, you know, to do these things, and it, yeah, it feels so good, but if I had just dropped, you know, all kinds of money and the expensive equipment you need for some of the projects, like, right off the bat, you know, and then never use them, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, you know, so, yeah. you know, try some of these up first, learn it, and it's good to learn it, and if you choose to, you know, stick with it and do more, then you can kind of expand and get into more specific, um, you know, tweak, tweak your own recipes or make them unique, you know, but it's important to just learn the basics of these things first. Right. Cause otherwise you'll run into the things like I did, <laughs> where you spend a whole bunch of time and energy and effort trying to do it the fancy way. And then it doesn't work out cause you didn't learn the basics first. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I have, I still have crystals from last year. Um, and we've got some leaching, some lye leaching now. So I'm going to give it another shot here with some bacon fat that I've been saving. Um, so within the next week or two, that's on my to-do list. Awesome. That pioneer lie. Yeah. I'm excited, um, to finally use it and get back in and stop letting that nag me in the back of my head. 
Yeah, me too. I feel like actually, like I've been started collecting all the like basic things that you need, you know, for soap making, and uh, over the last year, <laughs> just <laughs> haven't actually like put anything together yet. But right, so just gotta take your own advice and just do it. Jump in. <laughs> get get our feet wet here <laughs> so you know for that episode i'm sure we'll be able to tell you all kinds of mistakes that we made so you don't have to make those same ones <laughs> yes yes we'll let you know what not to do like don't add peppermint oil before you do the saponification process don't do it <laughs> oh um what's the shelf like of it do you know i don't think that there's an expiration okay that's what I would it's guess. one of those things yeah i think it's one of those things that you if once you buy it you can use it till you run out like it's not gonna go bad awesome do you have anything else to add um i don't i don't think so i think that was it for the wood ash um if you guys want to see my setup, what we use here, I will post pictures on Twitter at Mother of Chaos, and that's X-A-O-S. Um, I'll post pictures of my lie crystals and then also the two bucket setup we've got going on. Yeah, and the filtration. I know you kind of touched on that um, in the beginning, and I've learned to talk about that anymore. Just oh, I'm... I mean, like the, the sole purpose of that is to help get some of those other minerals and salts and carbon out of your, um, out of your water. So your, the potassium itself is going to come out in the water and then those things will hopefully get filtered out with your rocks and your sand or your straw or whatever. And the more you, um, leach so if you did like a second run through you would get more clear lie and so forth mine usually winds up being like um i don't know a slightly orange that's what i was going to ask because in my research for this episode um one of the people was saying that it should look kind of like apple juice yeah yeah, yeah. it does it does it winds up looking a little bit like well i mean yeah kind of like apple juice or like if someone didn't drink enough water and yeah <laughs> like like urine of someone who's de dehydrated it kind of looks like that now so are there anywhere like in the process you know like people maybe something they forget to do and like if it comes out a different color you know like an indication that maybe you didn't do something right if you know what i'm saying um i don't know i don't think i mean i don't think there's much that you could forget and Unless you, like your holes are too big and it's letting too many. Oh yeah, then it, like might, it might part, it might still be like the ash colored. Yeah, like gray, cloudy. cloudy. Yeah. Cloudy. Yeah. Okay. In which case, yeah. I so just that's why I like try to keep your again. holes around a centimeter. You can go a little smaller than that. You don't want to go much bigger than that. If you go smaller, just add more holes. Okay. Um, otherwise, it'll take forever to drain through yeah and if you've got your setup outside you'll start evaporating off water and then you'll have to add more and so how long does it take about to run the um water through the ashes um i don't 
don't know. Ours usually takes like if we don't stir it or anything like that, maybe around a, a day or so. Do you recommend covering the bucket with like a screen or something? If if you are concerned about you know, well, children getting in your bucket or animals yeah. getting in your bucket or bugs or something like that, then yes, cover it up. My my daughter here, she loves to go over there, and I'm constantly fighting her, trying to keep her from putting her hands in the lye bucket. So we had to move uh, it up. Yeah, it was on the ground next to the fire pit, and that was like her thing. She wanted to yeah. play in it so bad, and I'm like, I know it looks like fun. That's a slurry of wood ashes and water, and it looks like yeah. a good old time, but it's dangerous. Oh, you're being so cute. <laughs> she is. She is also chaos incarnate. Alright, well. Anything else? Um. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. We covered it all. And so, yeah, so next week, then, we will be talking about the actual soap making process. And Which I thought. Yes. <laughs> Um, so where can everybody find you? I'm on Twitter at Mother of Chaos XAOS. All right, and I am at E underscore Agorist on Twitter. Keep making shit. See you next week.